Hello and welcome. How are you, Andy? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good. I feel a little bit weird today. Do you know what? I think today is the first day that I felt a little bit lonely in lockdown, which worries me. Well, not that we're in lockdown, but you know what I mean with the whole corona thing. It worries me because if I'm feeling like this and I've like, I had a massive head start of basically being in self-isolation before we had to be in lockdown anyway, because my back working from home Mm -hmm. already, like, you know, being quite comfortable in my own company, not needing that much. And if I'm feeling that, then I just think that a lot of people probably are feeling that. So if you are, don't suffer in silence, talk in the group, message us. Like our inboxes yeah. are open. That's what we're here for as well. So exactly. that was just a little public service announcement to start. Good. Okay, right. We have some questions from last commit six check-ins. And we also have one from Nicola who, we'll start with this one. So if someone has physique goals, what are the best types of goals to set to work towards? Scale weight, performance, question mark. Um, is there a benefit of getting as lean as possible before moving on to a hypertrophy phase? That second question I think is really important because I think a lot of people feel like they need to meet their absolute body competition goals before they then move on to hypertrophy. And I think especially this year, that might be a little bit different. Like you might have thought, do you know what? I would like to get probably a little bit leaner than what I would want to maintain because I'm going on holiday or because of x event coming up or maybe i want to look not that you would look necessarily better lighter but maybe i want to look absolutely shredded in my wedding dress for some reason but that's yeah. maybe not happening now so is there still a point going to that extreme thoughts for me if to, to answer the second part of the question first um there's for me i would always say if you, there's, no much, there's not much point, I would say, in getting as lean as possible before then trying to put some muscle on. Um, I think what you're doing, all you're doing is, is you're putting that start point for building muscle back when you could actually be starting it earlier um, and working from there. Um, I think that everybody has, the, um, everybody has this thought about being as lean as they can before putting on muscle. And I think it's it's a bit of a backwards way of thinking for me. Like I would always prefer somebody if they're wanting to put muscle on, the you want you want them to be in a maintenance calories anyway to start off with. So it's not going to be that sort of cut to then build back up again. But every, it's one of those things that everybody seems to want to do that. They want to get as lean yeah. as they can before they build the muscle. I think it comes from bodybuilding where you do get obviously as lean as you can for a show and then you bulk up after it. And realistically, not many of us need to be doing those kind of cycles um and i completely agree i don't think there's any need to get excessively lean i think one thing is if you're like say this is the first time you're getting fit and you have quite a lot of body fat to lose one thing is getting lean enough to a be able to see some muscle and b like be able to exercise in the most optimal way c be as healthy as possible and d be as like insulin sensitive as possible so that mm-hmm. you're basically so you're lean and there's a big difference yeah. between being lean and being like excessively lean that's not maintainable level and you yeah. will like if you want to put on some muscle mass then you absolutely will have to put on a little bit of body fat with that 
and that's absolutely fine and I think so many people especially girls look for ways of reducing you know like minimizing the amount of body fat they can put on and obviously we don't want to put on a lot but a little bit is part of the process and it just has to be accepted and actually it looks good yeah I think that's it Okay, so when we are setting these type of goals, is it best to focus on scale weight or performance or blah, blah, blah? And the answer is it's good to look at all of them in a very logical way. So for example, scale weight. Like we know that that will fluctuate whether your body fat percentage is going up or down. Like scale weight will always fluctuate. But what we want if you're building muscle is for it to trend upwards. And what we want if you're losing fat is for it to trend downwards bearing in mind there will still be inevitable fluctuations so when it comes to scale weight that's sort of what we're looking at when it comes to performance absolutely if building muscle is your goal we definitely want to look at performance our best marker of if you are building muscle is if you are increasing your strength so definitely look at performance start making sure that you are i mean you should be doing this in fat loss anyway but make sure that you're noting down the weights that you're lifting Um, in a way it's a bit more exciting because you're probably going to see more progress because you're really fueling those workouts Um, but yeah look at both even if you still want to take measurements potentially progress photos like it's a combination of all of these things that are going to give you your biggest sort of markers oh oh andy's leaving that's fine that's totally fine i'll just continue then Actually, I kind of want to know what his thoughts on this. Oh, he's muted himself. Right. Okay. Well, next question is from Chloe, which is an excellent question. It's about set weight. And the question is, does everyone have a set weight slash body weight slash body fat levels that they tend to lean towards? For example, after losing... Oh, hey. I'm back. Oh, you're back. Sorry. Did you have anything you wanted to add on the... um, physique goals and like how to measure progress no no i think that's i think you've, you've covered what's need to be covered progress wise strength um but i think it is it's one of those ones where you have to take the the fact that you're going to be slightly frustrated because you might not be as lean as you once were and that's unfortunately just something that happens when you're trying to put a bit of muscle on mm-hmm. yep but yes. part of the process and it's exactly. a really important time. And I really feel like I can speak about this from experience to have a coach. Like I spent years and it's not through, it's not about lack of knowledge, but I spent years going through cycles of like, oh, I'm going to put on muscle for three weeks. And then I'm, mm, I feel slightly uncomfortable. I'm just going to die again. And you get nowhere doing that. So that's exactly. when it's really important to have a coach who can be like, no, Emma, you said that you were going to put on some muscle. We're committing to this for a six month period. Um, we won't put on so much body fat that you feel uncomfortable, but part of it is getting comfortable with the new, with your new body. Like it will change. And, and there's often, and I find it's about like two, three weeks where you might feel a little bit uncomfortable and then you get yeah. used to that being almost like the new you. And so when I put on a lot of weight with my back, initially I was so uncomfortable at that heavier weight. And then I actually got, I mean, it probably wasn't a good thing, but I actually got quite comfortable being that heavy because that was just what I was used to. Um, But sometimes people can get really like stuck in body dysmorphia 
where they they maybe think that they're really overweight or even they think that they're really lean when they're not or they're really overweight what tends to be they think they're carrying more body fat than they are um and that's again when you need a coach and you need to trust them and you need to just sometimes you have to know that okay you're suffering with body dysmorphia which means you cannot trust how you feel about your body so you need exactly. to either outsource that or just like logically allow that as well that okay i'm not a good judge of my own body so i'm not going to judge my own body yeah very much so okie dokie right next question is from chloe does every person have a set weight slash body fat level that they tend to lean towards for example after losing body fat and trying to maintain by eating a healthy diet with energy neutral balance will i just tend up a trend upwards towards my old weight this has always seemed to be the case before without um ongoing restriction um, if you're setting up maintenance at the weight that you're that you manage to reach at, say for instance you set at sixty kilos and you're setting at maintenance for where and you know your weight doesn't shift, it shouldn't be moving anyway. It means that you're actually in a calorie surplus if your weight's starting to shift up for that for the weight that you're sitting at. Um, I think you'll be um, psychologically you'll probably sit at a weight that you like to sit at. So um, when I played football, I was sat at about 90 kilos, was probably where I felt comfortable for playing sport, etc. Um, and I didn't track calories back then. It's just that's where I, where my body sat nicely. And I could feel that if I was, I could feel if I put on weight or I could feel if I'd lost weight. So I think it's, for me, it was, it was more about sort of the, the mind of where I was sitting at. Yeah. So to answer this, yes and no, you will have a set weight. So yes, you do have a set weight that your body tries to defend. But most people attribute this to your genetics. So like, oh no, my body just wants to have this level of body fat or it wants to have, you know, it always wants to sort of gravitate towards this weight. And you'll find that that is probably the case. And I'm not surprised to hear that that's happened to you previously. But the reason that that's happened and kind of just like Andy's kind of just touched on that is it's your behaviors that are driving that. So the reason it looks like you have a set weight is because for your lifestyle, for the amount you tend to move, for the amount you tend to eat, that is the weight that you tend to gravitate towards. Now, if you change those behaviors, then your set weight will change. And even if you take a complete step back from that and think, okay, well, you know, if if you are in, in a completely different scenario where there isn't as much food available or where you have to walk 10 miles to work twice a day, like there and back or whatever, then those things are going to change. And and if you look at it from probably what most people could relate to, and I know that like with significant changes in my life would be things like, okay, when I was at uni, training for rowing twice a day, walked everywhere, walked all around Edinburgh to different classes, like, you know, so active cycling around, whatever, without thinking about it. So you don't think there's no effort in that activity. It's just, it was part of my life being that active. I ate a hell of a lot more calories and maintained the same weight. Now it seems harder because my life is far more sedentary. And that's the, yeah. and people think, oh, it's because, you know, some people attribute that to my metabolism slowed down because I'm older now. It's like, no, your metabolism's not slowed down. It's just that you're not 20 anymore. Your lifestyle's different. You drive your kids yeah. around everywhere and you have an office job. Like, of course, it's harder to maintain your weight because you need to eat less to maintain that weight now. Or you need to start moving more. But that tends to be like the sort of miscon, misconstrued view yeah. of the set point 
theory. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it is one of those ones where people forget the fact that you're not, as you say, you're not a student or you're not younger anymore when you're and you're not playing sport three times a week. You're not getting to train twice a day if you were at if you were at uni. Um, you're now sitting in a sedentary job where you park your arse in a seat for eight hours a day. And as you say, it's about building the habits around that. So if you are sitting on your backside for eight hours a day, the things to look at are, you know, getting your extra steps in, you know, negotiables that you set through commit to six, um, get your steps in, get your workouts in, and that's building habits that will help you set a lower weight mm-hmm. if that's where you want to be. Yeah. And then from a more like biological point of view, there is to some extent, like your biology will do this for you as well. So when you when you eat very little things change so for example leptin levels drop which means it's your body's going to try and maintain as much energy as possible by making you move less and by making you more hungry so it's trying to make you eat more and expend less energy so that's again a, a way that it tries to defend your body weight and equally the same happens on the other side so when you start eating a hell of a lot more calories you will habitually just move more expend a bit more energy um obviously your hunger levels will reduce a bit as well to try and stop you overeating so there is like compensatory mechanisms on both sides it just always seems that the compensation for fat loss is much like more extreme than that for fat gain which seems to be quite easy yeah yeah okay um, next question from Lindsay. I was wondering how important it is to test your one rep max. Uh, when I was working with a one-to-one PT in the past, we did so every so often. She would test my one rep max. Um, now that I work out at home, oh, sorry, now that I work out in my home gym, ooh la la, I do all of my workouts in the eight to 12 rep range and assume that I'm working somewhere between 60 to 75% of my one rep max, but I never work to one rep max. Um, as I wouldn't feel confident doing that without a spotter or someone checking my form to make sure I didn't injure myself. Good idea. I am gradually able to increase the weights so that I know that my strength is progressing um, and maybe knowing my one rep max doesn't matter. Question mark. Um, and really, okay, no, wait, let's answer that. And then there's a, there's a second part to that question. One rep max is something that, it's this is going to be quite a casting an aspersion on personal trainers but the newer the personal trainer to the industry the more likely they are to want to try and hit your one rep maxes i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because that's what you get taught in your your um your pt stuff that one rep max is is what people are looking for but if you're looking for something like body composition you don't need to ever test for your one rep max um, you know, it's, it's something that doesn't need to come into your type of training. If you're going to be a powerlifter or, you know, you're going to do CrossFit stuff where you're doing like Olympic lifting, potentially one rep max might come up. But for physique and for body composition, one rep max is probably so far away from where you need to be training that you don't need to worry about it. And provided that you're hitting, you're, you're progressing as the progressions are with your 8 to 12 reps, that's all the, the that's the, the progress that you need to focus on. It's sometimes it's nice to go and lift a one rep max to see what you like what your ego can do. But um but is it necessity is it a necessity for, for training for a training modality? Probably not. Um 
it's... yeah i think the the risk far outweighs the reward in one rep maxes yeah. unless as andy's saying you're a power lifter or you're yeah. you're quite a skilled lifter and, and that's something that you're really interested in is getting that one rep max higher if you're goals are to improve strength improve performance and improve um your body composition there's absolutely no need and that's why we never program for them i might sometimes do a three rep max um just because you're not pushing like by definition your one rep max is gonna have like quite shady form because it's pushing it's meant to be you know like literally the extreme of what you can lift and there's really no need to be doing that um, and it, it does tend to end in injuries, which is not what we want. So it sounds like you're doing the right thing. I would ag- absolutely agree with you that if you are working out at home on your own, please do not start doing one rep max testing. Um, so yeah, you're doing exactly the right thing. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the one rep max thing is quite an interesting one in the fact that I think it's, um, you know, it's something that, it very much comes with ego. Um, you know, you see, you, if you walk into a gym, like it's one of those ones where it's it's sort of set, people should set up a training program that's aimed towards their goals. So if your aim is like body composition, that eight to 12 rep range is probably perfect for you. But you go into a gym and you see people trying to put on size and they're all trying to hit one rep maxes because they don't understand the fact that that one, they don't understand the fact that one rep max isn't going to help attribute a body composition goal. It's mm-hmm. there as an ego thing and they're trying to show off to their pals or whoever it is that's in the gym that they can shift as much as they can. But it's not actually doing anything to, to help you towards that end point of a better physique. Yeah, and I think sometimes, I don't know if it, it sounds a little bit because she's, it, I'm just reading into this, but because she's used 60 to 75% of one rep max, it sounds like, potentially this personal training was sort of working off that which is something you often get taught that you know you want to work in a yeah. rep range where you can lift x blah, blah 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 so i can see why people do it but yeah we don't need to be doing that so the second part of that question is related to that is there any benefit to doing any sessions at lower reps with heavier weights with the goal of muscle maintenance and building strength to be a badass uh, a very good goal yeah yeah yeah, I would say that if you're wanting to get to push progression and strength, sort of working on lower rep ranges, the lower stuff that I will work on is probably like three to six. Um, six probably being where I want to be. Um, occasionally I'll do some set, sort of sets of three, just to really just testing out my strength. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, things like bench and squat, etc., I'll maybe go for a couple of sets of threes just to see where I am weight-wise, but then I'll regress back to sort of six to eight to 12 reps um, for the rest of my sets. It's just nice to find out where you where you are and how your progressions are going. Yeah, which links back to the first question about like setting yourself some performance goals. Um, and then also remembering that you shouldn't really be testing those like weekly. It takes no. time to build muscle and strength. So we don't expect those to go up week on week. In fact, I just programmed um, one of my one-to-one Carly. I programmed her in it's actually a 16 week strength cycle which is what we you know like isn't even that long for a strength cycle but that's the sort of like range that we're looking at to see like big improvements in strength so yes okay right martin any good tips for maintaining slash building muscle whilst training for a half marathon slash marathon which one is it martin hmm 
but yeah. <laughs> so the obviously the the, determ- the the determining factor on this one is the amount of cardio that you're obviously doing because your body's using calories to recover to replenish glycogen stores for your running. So to help maintain muscle, obviously the, the type of training that you're doing doesn't really doesn't really it'll affect things like your recovery for running so if you do a really heavy leg session your run's going to be pretty poor because you're going to be pretty tired and feel pretty dummy in the legs but training wise keep your training up obviously you want to be still training properly um, including upper body and um, still hitting that sort of 8 to 12 rep stuff um, for your rep ranges and the big one for that is the, is the calorie side of stuff. Um, you know, you need to see, keep an eye on where your weight's sitting from week to week as you would normally do um, and see how, if it's fluctuating, and then you'll be able to kind of work out where you're sitting with your calories um, and then working it from there. Yeah, I think that's all you can do. I think also being realistic with your expectations that if you're training for a marathon, you probably will lose a bit of muscle. But and it, and it kind of is on a spectrum of like how good you want to be at marathon running compared to how much muscle do you want to maintain. Like there's a reason that marathon runners don't carry a lot of muscle mass because it's a lot of weight that if you're not using it, you then have to carry for the whole marathon. So it's about be, like it's not a very economical thing to have a lot of muscle. Um, so yeah, there's a you've probably got to weigh up what what you want to do there um but there is this like, I'm, I'm looking at it almost as extremes here like there is a huge gray area where you can run a marathon and complete it and do well and all and still have decent amount of muscle mass so don't think that i'm saying you can't have both like you can it's just remember that there's there's a continuum there yeah it's a little bit like this uh, where you put on size before how lean you need to be before you put on size it's it's a seesaw and you need to find it where to balance it for you um you know you you see see some folk who are in really good net like really jacked who are running marathons um you know uh, sort of running running stuff but it's um you know you need to find out where you sit on that spectrum and also you know the better you want to be at a marathon, as you as you exactly alluded to there, you know you don't want to be carrying that extra muscle. You want to be pretty pretty light to be able to get through things. So yeah, it's the see the the horrible the horrible it depends answer is that one. Yeah, always the case, isn't it? Right. Next question, Caroline. Is there a minimum level of fat you would advise women to have? I have previously cut back on fats to ensure that I meet my calorie deficit. But sometimes my fat intake can be low as 18 grams a day. I try to make sure I use non-stick pan or grill for all the foods so that I can avoid wasting calories by not using cooking oil. And therefore, I save calories. Does this have a negative impact on my hormones um, in the long run? Or is it fine as long as you're consuming just a little? Yeah. Um, So this is one area where, you know, it's just a calorie deficit does not hold true so it's really important for women to get enough fat in their diet especially for women but also for men as well actually it's not even especially for women it's important for men and women Um, it just tends to be that women get less because we're on less calories anyway um yeah but 18 grams is far far too low like a good baseline to go for is one gram per kilogram body weight 
So I'm imagining you're probably, I mean, I don't know how much you weigh, but if you were 60 kilograms, obviously that'd be 60 grams of fat. Yeah. Um, and it is really, really important to get that for your hormonal health. I think you'll feel that you feel a lot better as well. And I get what you mean because I, you can still choose where this fat comes from. So for example, I still use like nonstick pans or, or like one calorie spray because I didn't really want it. Like I didn't taste the benefit of having cooking oil really. And it doesn't bring me much joy, but I will enjoy eating oily fish. So that's where I tend to get my fat. Or if I'm going to have olive oil, I'll put it on a salad because it's better when it's not been um, heated up anyway. So there, you know, you can pick where those fat sources come from. um, And I would choose wisely and choose things that you enjoy because why the hell not? But yeah, you definitely need to increase that. And if you can get oily fish in, get oily fish in because if that oily fish and olive oil, like are two things I would put in every single person's diet. Unless obviously you're vegan, but ideally. Okay. When changing or getting into a better routine with food, at what point does hunger from change? um, At what point does hunger from change in brackets, your, your body getting used to less calories slash different food become real hunger? For example, your body needs more energy slash fuel due to output. Is there any way to change this? For example, more complex cards, better timing of eating, etc. I'm not 100% sure what this question is asking, but I think it's about hunger levels and, and if there's anything you can do to reduce hunger levels. And you've kind of hit the nail on the head there that meal timings can massively impact hunger. Um, yeah. And and that's not always the same for everyone. So unfortunately, I can't just say, do this and it'll work. Like it, it completely depends on you, your preferences, but also like your lifestyle, like when you're most busy tends to be like, you just forget. And then when you've got more time, that might be when you want to eat more. You might yeah. want to give yourself eating windows, just to give yourself some structure, but it's going to be about finding what works for you. Um, and then with the complex carbs i think like higher volume foods are definitely going to keep you fuller for longer um higher protein foods again veg protein boom um i'm not i don't yeah i think that's all we can really say on that yeah hunger wise it's it's i think it's one of those again it depends your meal timings will all be down to you when you train how your lifestyle sets up but I think the only tips that you can really give are, again, f- f- food volumes of things like veg, you know, packing out meals with more, packing out meals with more veg that's going to help fill you up. Yeah, and don't be afraid to increase your protein intake. Yeah. Like, that's a definite thing that's going to... That's the- that's one thing I always get people asking is like, oh, how do I increase my protein intake? Just add a little bit more at dinner time rather than... Yeah. Rather than one chicken breast, a chicken breast and a half. Perfect. You know, push it up. You know, I think a lot of people are very quick about, oh, do I need to start taking bars and supp- and shakes? No, you can just eat a little bit more at dinner time. You know, yeah, the easiest way to... In your diet, it's not always adding something new, right? It's just, you know, having a slightly bigger portion is yeah, often exactly. all, that, all that you need to do. 
Okay, next question from Claire. My thighs and calves have been feeling really tight this week and I've started to foam roll them a bit, which seems to be helping. Is this something I should do little and often or set aside a longer session at the end of the week to do so? Foam rolling, little and often, just do bits and bobs of it. Um, there's far too many people spend far too much time foam rolling and stuff before sets and before training sessions and it's it's wasting time that you could be training you know there's no reason why you know there's no reason why you couldn't go in and buy a, a foam rollers you can get a foam roller for like six quid in home bargains now you know you could be doing it while watching telly at night time and he's sponsored in, by home bargains i love that i want to say that place is much like it's great but they have everything but like you know little simple things like that you know you could put it into your session if you want but you know, I would probably, I'd probably be more inclined to do it whilst I'm, you know, chill, chilling at home, potentially yeah. listening to a podcast, reading a book, watching telly. If you watch some telly, just sit and do that. Yeah, I would agree. I think save your precious gym time to lift weights, yeah. and and then you can foam roll at home. Would, what I would say is, is one thing that I try for like any clients that I work with is that the every six weeks try to put like you know they can be expensive but try to put some money aside and go and get yourself a massage once every six weeks i think it's very beneficial for you know things like little niggles that you might be picking up or tight calves tight quads you know get them to focus on certain areas where you've been feeling you've been feeling a bit tighter i think it's something that is very beneficial and very underutilized as well I think people just forget about themselves. It's that uh, we always talk about investing in yourself. That's something else that you can also do to invest in yourself is to keep yourself ticking over. It's like a little mini MOT for your body. Um, yep. Always a good idea. Agreed. Okay. When is, oh no, wait, we've basically answered this, but this just shows how much people think about it. When is the optimum time to stop um, fat loss and go into muscle game should you wait until you're happy with your weight slash body composition slash reflection I've tried this previously and I don't think I was lean enough um, I'm well past newbie gains and that's the thing like what I think when you take a step back and think like what what are you going to get from two more weeks of dieting or take a progress photo and prove that you got there and I say this but I literally just did this which is so yeah. stupid but after and I, I don't know if it well it was a complete psychological thing but after putting on so much weight with my back I really wanted to get back to a point where I had abs and now I'm like no it's fine I'm just gonna like I mean there's no need for me to have abs there's also it's not particularly healthy it's not like I don't feel like I've got a hell of a lot of energy like and I'm, I'm not but gonna maintain the, them but at the end of the day it's a goal that you wanted so you know yeah but the reason I wanted abs. it and I think, I mean, in a way it's been fine because I did get what I wanted from getting it. Because the reason I wanted it was just in my head to be like, okay, well, I can do this. No, I can yeah, move on. But that's, like I needed to prove it to podcast. myself. It, there's no, there's no bad, there's no, provided it's for you, there's no invalid reason for you to set a goal or what the goal is. It's always got to be, if it's for you, if it's something that you want. So if you wanted to see abs, you wanted to see abs. It's as simple as that. But this and, is and the great thing, as you say, about having unless, a coach there. Like, I agree with that unless, and this wasn't the case for me, but unless you're expecting something else when that happens. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, when I have abs, I'll have all this confidence, or I'll be a better personal trainer, or I'll be happy. 
not, and that's not the case not, not, like not, if you know that it's going to be a fickle pursuit and oh you get them oh and also just realizing that you feel exactly the same there's nothing different the, and nobody gives a shit the, the leaner that the leaner you are the more the more chance of you get of having the insecurities of not looking good enough that's the problem is because you know so you've you've set a physique school for yourself and then all of a sudden you start to get this is why i think a lot of people kind of this whole where do i start trying to put on muscle is that that mind fuck of am i lean enough well it doesn't matter how lean you are because you're going to have to get slightly fluffy when you're putting a bit of muscle on anyway so those sharp abs are going to become less sharp they're going to be a bit a bit softer and you've just got to you've got to suck it up and understand that that's the case you know you're mm. never going unless you're assisted with the pharmaceuticals you're not going to have chiseled abs and put on size at the same time it's just it's it's not going to happen and even then most of the guys that are most guys and girls that are, are assisting aren't like that anyway they, they get sausages in their off seasons as well so you know it's a very difficult pursuit Agreed. Right. I find bent over rows really uncomfortable, so I'm replacing them with upright rows. Is this okay? No. Um, bent over Completely rows work different. different muscles than upright rows, but what you can do is like single arm rows if that's better, but it's still a rowing position or if you're at the gym, you could use the machine row or a cable yes, row. Yes. Still needs to chest be a supported row. Yeah, chest supported row. Still needs to be a horizontal row, not yeah. an upright row. Yeah. Okay. Upright row hits traps, and your um, barbell row hits your your lats. So it's two completely different different movement patterns. Question from Lindsay on creatine. I know the benefits, particularly keen for the cognitive slash aging point of view, but I have tried this in the past in tablet form, and it made me feel nauseous. Any specific brands or formulas to look for to avoid this, or should I try a powder? Maybe it's just trial and error. I actually think, unfortunately, you had a bad experience that, I mean, I tend to just take it as a powder, creatine monohydrate. Honestly, they're all basically the same. I would go for like my protein or bulk powders or something just basic that's easy, done. Yeah, easy and cheap. I've never, I've never felt nauseous from it. Um, but it could uh, maybe like, maybe don't take it just before training or like if that's what you were doing find yeah, find the time when you're taking it so if it's it, it might be that you're if you're taking it on an empty stomach in the morning it might not agree mm. with you you might need to take it alongside food um you know pop it in your protein shake if you take a protein shake after training that might be an option as well um it's yeah. it can yeah. and as you say there's no real there's no brands creating monohydrate is the one that you go for there are a whole host of other types, creatine, al- cre-alkaline, creatine, creatine, cre- ethyl ester. Ethyl ester, yeah. That stuff is horrific. It's is disgusting. it? It's like drinking salt water with added, with seawater with added salt. It's awful. But creatine monohydrate is the one that all the studies have been done on, so just stick with that. Yeah, and then to follow on from that, Victoria has a question, which is, which is the best time of day to take creatine? when fits in when you're taking it i would say it doesn't really matter there's not really um what is it they normally say five grams per day yeah three to five grams a day um five grams a day and then chuck it with like you know i know a lot of people that have it first thing in the morning i know a lot of folk have it with a shake after their training 
just pop it in. Some yeah. people, some people don't even take it with their pre-workout before they train. So it's yeah, it's not um, it's not as immediate as people think. So like it's stored yeah. in your muscle. So really, what you want to be doing with your five grams a day is saturating the stores of creatine in your muscle. So that will happen over time. That's why like some people do a loading phase of a couple of weeks because you want to saturate the the stores in your muscle. So yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter what time of day that you take it, but just at a time when probably just when you take the rest of your supplements, like when you're going to remember. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, oh, that's okay. That's all the questions. Sorry that those were a couple of days late. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. We've done it. Yeah. Well, we better give a shout out to Nicola who smashed her competition. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. With a, the no, fake, she did the incredible. Fake tan and white teeth. Yeah. No, she did. She did fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And it, see, do you know what the, most, the best thing about it was? Is she really enjoyed it. And that's what Good. matters. Yeah, and, and I think so she's nice got another one. All of the support in the Commit to Six group, like just the cutest yeah. thing. Just freaking love you guys. And also, Faisal, what about that? <laughs> what was Faisal's Rock- comment? The Indian Barbie. <laughs> oh, sorry, were you talking about his weight loss? I thought you were talking about his comment on Nicola. Nice. Now he's about both his comment on Nicola was hilarious and obviously smashing everything that's set in front of him. He also commented on me going into the sea with Stiffnip saying that I almost poked his eye out. So, you know. Wow. Hey, there you go, the you know. lols. Do you know what? The I think that setting him up with Shona as a coach was the best and worst idea I've had. Like, they definitely <laughs> encourage each other. Like it's like pinky in the brain. We should just call them. We should call them the brain trust now. <laughs> so funny, right? I am gonna go for a walk. Fantastic. Have a lovely night, everyone. Oh, and it's last week of commit to six, which means two things: one, signups are now open for the next commit to six, and two, it's the last week, which is very exciting. The group seems buzzing and I'm I'm really excited to see check-ins this weekend, find out how everyone's doing. Hopefully lots of people will be staying on, but either way, like your final check-in is kind of a review of the process to see what you want to do next. And we will help you, you know, if you're leaving, don't think that we're still not going to help you with your goals going forward, whether that's continued yeah. fat loss, building muscle, maintaining performance, whatever, we'll give you tips to go away with. Um, and if exactly. you're staying on, we'll sort of reassess where you're at, reassess goals for the next block, and then get going again. Exactly. Smash right. the last one. Yes. Nail it, guys. <laughs>